Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. More likely, Ole Miss every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, Extra Edition, and I'm here with Derek Vandy Griffin. We're going to talk a little baseball. It is the midsummer. We had a couple of days with no major league games. Every year, it's the weirdest thing, even when I wasn't following Major League Baseball. Those two days were torturous. Now that I am following baseball, it's even worse somehow. And everything that's going on, the draft being a little later helps. And But it's still just not a great time of year, man. Yeah, yeah, it really sucks, quite frankly. Uh, that's basically all I watch now is Major League Baseball. Uh, I have people ask me all the time about this show and that show and you have Netflix and all this and stuff I need to catch up on. I'm like, man, I don't watch anything. Like, it's not a Major League Baseball game. I don't watch it. I've got my four TVs outside. I put four games on out there. I let the kids run the other two TVs in the living room in here and the TVs in their room, whatever they want to watch. But, I mean, if it's not Major League Baseball, I'm not watching it. So it's been an incredibly boring few days for me. Well, with you watching Major League Baseball, maybe those monitors could get a little bit smaller because the Chicago White Sox, at least their drafting path, they're turning into Ole Miss North um, after drafting Calvin Harris and Jacob Gonzalez Mm -hmm. to go with their Tim Elko. Not only are they drafting Ole Miss players, but they're drafting fan favorite Ole Miss players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about three of the better hitters at their position in Ole Miss history, right? And the White Sox have all three of them. So uh, it's it's definitely a team to follow in the coming years. Uh, we've talked about Elko several times on here, you know, in the past few weeks about what he's been doing in the minor leagues. And, you know, they're bringing him along slowly. Me and you both thought he would at least make that jump to double A already. Uh, but he's in the high A, and, you know, and he's still crushing the ball right now. And then they bring in Jacob Gonzalez and Calvin Harris, uh, Obviously, two really, really good players. They they certainly have a type. They want guys that uh, can hit the ball all over the field. You know, you're you're not talking about guys that are uh, you know just have that pull side power. These these guys hit it to, to all fields and they hit it over the fence to all fields. Delco Gonzalez and Harris, all of them, right? Uh, you know, Gonzalez I think is obviously a really solid pick, best shot, shortstop in Ole Miss history. I think. Uh, you know, it looks like he might stick to shortstop. He really improved his defense uh, his last couple of years at Ole Miss. People thought he might throw into a third baseman. Uh, but I think he put those questions to bed. Obviously, the White Sox agree drafting him that high. Uh, you probably don't take Jacob Gonzalez there if you think he's going to grow out of shortstop and move over to third base. Uh, so they, they at least seem to think right now that he's going to stick there. And uh, they got a heck of a player and a heck of a hitter, too, because he's uh, – he commands the strike zone as good as anybody I've seen, right? You know, he's he's not one of those guys that's gonna chase that ball over over his shoe tops, you know, the the slider inside right there. You you saw him way off that early in his career and he only got better at it as the time went on. And uh he, he only swings at pitches in the strike zone, he makes hard contact, hits a lot of line drives, and that's kinda where the game's going right now, you know, with all the analytics. You know, you want that line drive rate to be sky high because more times than not those end up turning into hits and uh you know, Calvin Harris may be one of the better professional overall hitters to come through Oxford. Uh, you know, the the 2022 season, we won national championship. He was just lighting the world on fire. And, you know, had that shoulder injury, had him out for a few weeks. and uh, But thank God he made it back by the time the, the end of the season run came because he stepped right in there and he just kept doing what he was doing. He hit it to all fields again, you know, left field, right field, hitting it over the fence. 
Uh, and then again, line drive, line drive, line drive. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't have quite as good of a feel for the strike zone as Jacob Gonzalez does, but uh, he's he's able to get the bat head out in front and, and really drive the ball, uh, unlike a lot of players we've seen come through this program. You know, in my situation, everybody knows about my lifelong fandom with the Detroit Tigers, and that's starting in March. Uh, and I'm text after that third pick. Yes, yes, and and that's exactly what I'm about to talk about. The Florida um, Complex League, the rookie league for um, major league draft picks, where high schoolers and lower level college yeah. players a lot of times end up, they're free admission for fans to go watch the games. Yeah. All the games start at 11 o'clock in the morning, and it's 15 minutes away from my door. And um, Max Clark is going to be down there in the Florida Complex League. So I'm going to get to watch him play rookie ball, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would sure think so. It's definitely where he's going to start out, I would think, being a high school guy. Uh, look, it was definitely a pick I didn't see coming. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought for sure that was going to be Langford right there for y'all. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you look at the prospects y'all have coming up through the organization that are almost ready to make it to the big leagues, and, and Langford's one of the three guys in the draft along with Cruz and Skeens that I thought could be up in the majors within, you know, a couple years tops because of just how polished he is already. And uh, – Huge power upside with Langford too, and uh, I, I think he's athletic enough to absolutely lock down a corner in uh, outfield position, uh, which which would have been pretty big too. Uh, but just the raw power and the hitting ability, I thought would have fit y'all pretty nicely. But look, you went with the upside pick there, and and a lot of people really really liked Max Clark and thought he might have had the highest upside from from just an offensive standpoint of, as anybody in the draft. It's just a little bit of. Uh, Rolling the dice with the with the high school player there, but you know maybe it'll end up working out for you. Maybe look back, you know, four years from now and and say you know the the Tigers absolutely made the right pick there going with Max Clark instead of White Langford. Yeah, uh, it took a little while because I thought it was going to be Langford as well. We we were texting yeah. back and forth while the draft was going on, and after that draft pick and started and I started to go down that Max Clark rabbit hole. Which by the way, if anybody's bored, go on YouTube and just go down the Max Clark rabbit hole. Yeah. It's, it's kind of worth it. But I think Max Clark is what Dylan Cruz is. So you're going to have to spend about a year longer in the minors yeah. if you're Max Clark. But the idea is for him after three years to be what Dylan Cruz is now. Well, yeah. And, and then you look at him. He's, what, 18 years old right now, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. Max Clark is. So uh, the the projectability, right? You look at the frame, and, you know, he's he's got an incredible frame on him. And you think, well, he's 18 now by the time he gets to 20, 21 years old and actually gets the, you know, gets into a professional organization, gets the right kind of weight on him, starts growing into his body. You know, he's he's got a really fluid swing, a really pretty swing. You know, he, he can absolutely mash the ball. So, uh, you know, it's – I, I don't think it's necessarily the wrong pick. It was just the surprising pick. It's absolutely the higher upside pick. You're talking about a guy that might end up being one of the better hitters in the class by the time it's all said and done, and he actually progresses and fills into his body the way that most people project him to. Yeah, and they also said last thing on this is, like, if this was any other year, he would have probably gone 1-1. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you you had those two guys at the top. That's that's mm -hmm. what made this draft so, so unique is you had – the schemes, Cruz, and Lankford. I keep throwing him in there because I, I still think he's that kind of prospect too. You know, it was there was a and Walt, Walt, Walter Jenkins is a one-one level player too. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, but but yeah, I mean the the 
the amount of talent that was at the top of this draft, though, is absolutely insane. Uh, you know, happy for you to, with your lifelong fandoms. You're able to snag one of those guys. Wasn't the guy that I thought, but, uh, yeah. you know, we'll see how it pans out over the next few years. Should be pretty good. Um, there's a 30-minute documentary on Max Clark on YouTube, and part okay. of it was them getting Vanderbilt-like black pinstripe jerseys for Franklin High School. Oh, okay. It's like, how did they get those? Somebody gifted those to well, Franklin High School, and I, it's like, and it looks like Vanderbilt, and I was like, yeah. come on, oh, guys. Oh, man, imagine come that, on. right? Let's, yeah. let's put two and two together, right? You know, but it could have been his big TikTok influence, too. He's a big mm. TikToker, apparently, 100,000 or whatever followers, so, uh, you know, may, maybe he got a little bit of scratch off of that, too. Who knows? Yeah, and apparently he is just an asshole on the baseball field. Yeah, and to go to an organization that is its founding father and its most known player is Ty Cobb, that, that yeah. kind of fits. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it'll fit right in. <laughs> All right, so um, Ole Miss is facing what I'm calling a Cooper-Pratt dilemma. Um, now, after Pratt slid past the third or fourth round, I, I sensed optimism from yeah. people around Ole Miss. Um, once it got taken in the six, there was still optimism that like, oh, he's not going to sign his numbers too high. Yeah. But apparently the Milwaukee Brewers were budgeting for his number yeah. and his number yeah. wasn't as high as we thought it was. And he's going to end up with the Brewers. But the problem with that is what is Ole Miss baseball going to do? I saw somebody um, after it happened said TJ McCants. Well, McCants is now at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to be yeah. Uh, and so Ole Miss is looking at basic middle infielders to fill this role. I, I, yeah. Have we heard anything about Leger? Uh, nothing official. Uh, I, I expect him to be back, but hmm. hasn't been announced yet. You know, we're a few days after the draft. You see all these undrafted free agent contracts already start popping and all that. And, uh, you know, it's not only Leger, it's Rebus who's already announced that he is coming back, but You've also got Ethan Groff. There's nothing been done there either. So I, I expect both of those guys to be back, Leger and Groff, along with Xavier Revis, which is going to be a big shot in arm for us. Uh, you know, I think Leger steps right in and takes over second base for us. You know, I think that's where his spot's going to be. Uh, you know, on, on the Cooper Pratt deal, you know, I, I know he went in the sixth round. That's such a low slot value. But kind of like you said, the Brewers knew exactly what they were doing. They were not taking Cooper Pratt in the sixth round without knowing exactly what his number was going to be and what he was going to sign for. And they knew for a fact when they drafted him that he was absolutely going to sign. And they made the necessary picks the five rounds prior to that to make sure that it did happen. Uh, so, yeah, with this point in Steve Pratt, though, I, I kind of, like you, started feeling good after the third, fourth, fifth round, right? Uh, you know, the slide was on then. And if, if you could just get to the bottom, you know, you get out of the tenth round, then you're in good shape. But he ended up not making it up. But good for the kid, right? I mean, go go catch him when you can. You know, wish, wish him nothing but the best with the Milwaukee Brewers. So, uh, but now Ole Miss as a whole, we we don't have a shortstop on the roster. Quite frankly, technically, Lejay could play shortstop. Uh, I believe he played it in JUCO. But like I said, I think he's going to play second base, and and we have a hole there. Uh, our shortstop hitting on the roster yet? It it will be. I have a feeling it's going to come through the transfer portal. I mean, it just has to at this point, right? Uh, so uh, that's that's one thing to keep an eye on right now. Uh, one guy I'm keeping an eye on, the Arizona State shortstop Hill that got into the transfer portal. Uh, I know he's from Baton Rouge, and that's where everybody keeps following, you know, LSU, LSU. 
But that's a crowded middle infield down there in Baton Rouge right now. And, and maybe they take him anyway and just take all the athletes and just decide to figure it out, right? I mean, that's kind of what Ole Miss does anyway with, with shortstops over the years. It's kind of ironic we're in this position because we'll sign any shortstop we can get our hands on, then we'll teach him to play center, left, right, second, whatever. Just give us the athlete and we'll figure it out. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's a little crowded down there on the bayou right now, though. Uh, I think that may be where he wants to go, but there's a clear path to, to playing time in Oxford. We're a top-tier program. We're going to be able to pay NIL-wise because we've lost all these guys to the draft, right? You don't have new, no uh, Pratt. You don't have those guys coming back. So, uh, you know, your your war chest should be, should be filled a little more than it was what you were planning on if those guys were to come. So, uh, get out there, spend those dollars, and uh, keep your eye on the Arizona State shortstop. And if not him, then it's, I'm sure we'll jump on somebody else that comes in. All right, so let's look at the Ole Miss baseball team as a whole. Obviously, we need to hit the portal for a shortstop because yeah. that that got decimated through the draft and through well both both ways, both directions yeah. in the draft. Uh-huh. Now, what? What are we looking at? We we obviously with Xavier Rivas coming back, we're returning what should be our starting both three weekend starters. Yeah. Um, so that that's, that's good what, news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I think the Rivas one's really interesting because you got to think you still got Hunter Elliott waiting in the wings, right? If if he's mm-hmm. able to make it back and be anything close to he was uh, as a freshman for Ole Miss, right? Now, now you've got Elliott Rivas. Sonia and JT Queen, you got four guys with SEC weekend starting experience coming back next year. Obviously, you can't start all three of them on the weekend if all or all four of them on the weekend if all four of them are ready to go. Uh, so that bumps one to midweek bullpen use, something like that. Uh, so with Rebus coming back, that builds a little bit more depth. Uh, left-handed pitching was obviously a, a, a concern for us going into this offseason. Got Revis back, got the kid out of Coastal Carolina to add to the pen, too. Uh, he's a lefty, a high upside guy. So, uh, you know, he, he throws the ball hard, too. Uh, a, a consistent mid-90s fastball. So that, that'll that be nice to add to the bullpen. So we got a couple lefties in there. Now we got to go. we got to lock down shortstop like we talked about, uh, you know, and, and, you know, just get as many arms and hitters as we can right now. You're – you think you'll have Furnace at first base, Udamark at DH, Leger second, uh, and then you got Fisher at third, right? And if Groff comes back, which looks like he is, he's in center. You got the kid from Mercer, I would assume, play right field. So you got another corner infield spot to fill, or corner outfield spot to fill there. And we got a couple options on the roster for that, mainly John Kramer would be my assumption there. So uh, Smithwick making it through the draft, making it to campus from Oxford, that was big for us, getting our catcher locked up for the next few years. So, uh, you know, you, you really want to stockpile arms, though. You know, go find a shortstop, and then if there's any arms out there that you think can get outs in the SEC, then sign them from to Oxford and just get a big pile of them, throw them in there, and, and just just see what you got and mix and match them any way you can. Yeah, right before we get out of here, you know, the one thing that I – even with Cooper Pratt going pro, the thing that hurts more is the J.D. Urso thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was kind of a weird deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, him him just leaving school, and, you know, maybe he was homesick or whatever. I don't know. I don't have any information on the deal, uh, you know. But, you know, it, I would imagine it kind of blindsided the coaches a little bit. You know, they, 
I'm sure if they thought there was a chance he, he would show up to campus and then leave, then they probably would have gone in a different direction. But, you know, that's the way it works, though. You know, uh, if the kid didn't want to be there, then then let him move on, wishing the best. Uh, you know, I, I certainly do. And then you put your head down, go to work, and go find the next guy. Hey, we've we've all been to Oxford. We've all lived in Oxford or near Oxford. Oxford's a wonderful place. Yeah. Oxford's not Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida is one of the best places in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely a little different for him. I, I, yeah. I definitely get it. Yeah, it, it, it's really nice. I just like driving through Tampa. I have to go out there to my VA stuff and all of the stuff mm -hmm. with my brain surgery when I go over to the doctor. And I just like driving through it. It's just a pretty place. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Every day or later on, I think it might be next week. We have to set up the exact day. But Charles Stackhouse is going to be coming on the program. Um, so we'll dude. talk to Yeah. Charles is a fantastic interview, and he is going to be talking football, and I just like having Charles on the show. But it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, Derek, thank you very much for stopping by, and we will um, catch you, I would say, um, a little bit later, but it could be next week depending on the transfer portal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we kind of got to just let it play out a little bit at this point. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, you have a, you have a good weekend, man. All right, you too, bud. Hi, toddy. Hotty toddy.